0: Everyone, welcome back. Regina here. And Lisa. And Lisa, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a decaf chai tea. Yes, and as am I, we're both matching up today with the decaf chai. <laughs> now, I think this was your discovery. I did. So I was literally in the grocery store last week, and I was walking through the tea aisle because mm-hmm. I'm slightly, you know infatuated with teas <laughs> and I happened my eyes fell upon this decaffeinated chai and I was so happy because I mostly drink a lot of decaffeinated drinks and for the most part and chai is one of my favorites but you can never find chai in decaf mm. I have found some rooibos chais where they combine but it's not exactly the same yeah and so I'm like super excited yeah, because there's
1: definitely those times, like like this morning, I, I had numerous cups of coffee, and then you want something to drink, but
0: it's like, I'm not adding a whole other layer of caffeine to this. So exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be twitchy. Right, exactly. When you know it's your limit, but you want something like a black tea that mm. makes you feel like you're at least <laughs> <laughs> drinking caffeine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, decaf chai, go get it. Twinnings. <laughs> y'all, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well... I think we, maybe we should jump into the topic today. Yes. So we're introducing something new. We are going to, throughout the whole podcast, every once in a while, um, we're going to do a themed episode called The Therapist's Toolbox. Um, and what we're going to do is I think is part of the point of, of this podcast, I think, is to demystify the counseling process. Yes. Because you, know, you see like in TV and um, in movies, like, a counselor tends to be this really ethereal person writing secret notes and they're analyzing you and you don't know what they're doing and When in reality, that's that's not how counseling works I, I think I've only ever seen two good representations of a counselor or a therapist in TV or movies all yeah. the rest are just terrible right. um, So that's part of what we want to do is kind of demystify this process and what we can do how we can do that is by telling you what are the tools That we as therapists use. So, if you ever do go to see a counselor,
0: then you can recognize the tools for what they are. Exactly, and that way you're more aware going in as a consumer. Mm. And you know, maybe not even as a consumer. Just how can you use this in your regular, everyday life? Yeah, yeah. So our first tool in our toolbox this time is theories. Theories. Yeah, I think we should. Probably start with,
1: like, the basics, you know? Um, I think the, the the theory that most people know that they could say off the top of their head is like psychoanalytic. So that mm. just kind of gives you a, a touchstone. Um, but, or psychoanalysis. Um, but maybe we probably need to defi- define what theory is to begin with.
0: Yeah, I would say, <clears throat> for me, at least, theory is... A perspective or a framework from which to approach the therapeutic process or the clinical process. So Mm -hmm. it's some type of evidence-based research that someone who's gone before us, like Freud or somebody else, um, Carl Jung, who's been able to say, here's what I've tried, here's what I've noticed are the impacts of that, and then over the course of years, right, from Freud to today, we've had plenty of pioneers who have added to that body of research and knowledge and refined it with Mm. scientific evidence of these are effective strategies when you work with people, and so there's different frameworks or theories behind people have their own personal theories, right, Freud had his theory, Um, Carl Mnuchin has another theory, you know, Mm -hmm. so everybody has their own theory about how to best approach counseling.
1: Yeah, so a theory is a methodical way of approaching a client and thinking about the challenges a client faces. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that kind of gives you a basic basic definition of what a theory is. So I think what we're going to do in the podcast today is we're going to talk about, go into a little bit more detail about what theory is. Then we're also going to talk about why do we as counselors even use theory? Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's important. Um, and then why should you even care like, yeah. <laughs> what, what theory a counselor uses or that theory even exists? Like, why is that even important to you? Right. Um, like, would you even want to listen to a podcast about theory? Or is that something that just, like... The counselor should know about, you know, like a doctor needs to know about the way they do a surgery. Like, I don't need to know that for you to do the surgery on me. Right. But I think it's a little bit different with counselors. Right. So I think it's important to know why do counselors even use this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll kind of go into the spiritual side of things, I think, at the end where we'll talk about, um, you know, how can counselors be Catholic and use a theory? Because I think there's some questions around that, too. Yes. So those are like the, the quick four topics we'll kind of cover today. Hopefully we can cover it in that amount of time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what theory is? So we kind of kind of came to this um, idea that it's, it's a methodical way of approaching a problem, a client's issue, a client's mm-hmm. challenge. Right. Um, and um, that there's, you know, like you were saying, there's different, different theories, there's
0: not just one. Right. Yeah. And we can we can definitely talk about some of the types, and I know for us, in our grad school experience, we, we were required to choose a theory that, mm-hmm. from which we wanted to work from our framework, because I think you were talking about earlier about how important it is for a therapist to know what theory they're going to be using when they're doing their clinical work because otherwise that can cause a lot of problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so maybe the easiest way to kind of clarify, because theory can sound so murky, it's like this really abstract idea. Mm-hmm. So before the podcast, you and I were talking about what our personal theories are that we work from, and it, we both have a multi-theory approach, um, but we, we share one common one, Yes, definitely at the core of what we do,
0: yeah. um,
1: and that's person-centered therapy, or theory.
0: Yeah. Um, also known as humanistic so mm-hmm. those words are used interchangeably so, yeah, so person-centered if you're... client-centered humanistic mm-hmm. they're all the same exactly so if you google it later don't be confused <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so what are what are the basic tenets of of humanistic i'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> yes
0: so for humanistic theory which was founded by carl rogers um What I really liked about him or what made me be drawn to that theory initially was his idea that people are inherently good Mm -hmm. and that we have a strength and a capacity within ourselves to help find healing, that Mm -hmm. we don't always need an external ability. I mean, and that's the role of the therapist. It's kind of ironic because Mm -hmm. you have the therapist (laughs) guiding you through that process, but helping you find a way to find the answers for your life, for Mm -hmm. yourself, and basically recognizing that you're the expert on your own life, Mm -hmm. that I'm not living your life day to day. I don't see who you have to interact with, what responsibilities you have. Mm -hmm. And so what I love about the humanistic theory is that we honor that we honor you as an expert in your own life and you know what's going to ultimately be best for you and there's allowance for that as opposed to maybe a more medical type of model that says no i will write you this prescription and this Mm -hmm. is what you must do but allowing for that reality that you have a life outside of the counseling office one hour a week
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's what drew me to that theory as well. You know, and I think really at its core, and this is this is what I really loved about it is that idea that every human being is inherently good. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: and when you and I think that's the 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 launching point for the whole theory. Anything that comes from that um anything else that theory talks about comes from that central theme. You know so one of the other tenets that i really love is that that you as the therapist have to have unconditional positive regard uh, yes. for the client yes this is one of my favorite parts um so that's a that's a mouthful but what that so what does that mean mm-hmm. it means that my client because i believe every person is inherently 100% good at their core right. nothing they say or do can make me regard them any less, mm. that I'm always going to view them positively. It doesn't matter what conditions. It's unconditional. Right. Um, so they could tell me some horrific thought that they've had, and I've heard some doozies, <laughs> um, but they could tell me some horrific thought or desire that they've had, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to reject them. Right. Because every person is created inherently good. And like you said, we all have this kind of inner compass that leads us towards growth and Mm -hmm. fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And we live in a broken world. And so sometimes we go off that course. Right. Um, And either somebody else brings us to a counselor or we ourselves recognize that we've gone off course. And that I, as a counselor can kind of help lead you back to where you naturally go anyways right Mm -hmm. and where you want
0: to go where you desire to go Mm -hmm. and that you're worthy of being able to get there and absolutely the with the unconditional positive regard you know that makes me think of dignity and value yeah and that you're worthy of being treated with respect exactly and not being judged just like you said Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah. Um, so that's definitely one of the theories that we hold in common. And then just quickly, another one that we both have in common is brief um, therapy or solution-focused. Often yet. many of our theories have two names. I, I'm not sure why. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so brief therapy or solution-focused therapy. So um, tell me a little bit about how, how you approach
0: that. So what I really love about solution-focused is when I'm actually in the counseling room working with clients and it really just gives us a nice framework of how to tackle whatever issue might come up. So one of the things that I remember initially about that theory is that people are not the problem. The Mm. problem is the problem. Yeah. And what I love about that is it now takes the focus off of the client as causing the problem or being the root cause or Mm -hmm. you've got all these issues but instead, now it joins us side by side, and we're we're both outwardly looking at this problem together mm. and figuring out how can we tackle it. Yeah. And so we separate the person from the problem, mm-hmm. and we create this almost like study group focus team. Of yeah. How do we deal with it? What do you want to do about this? What solutions can we do in your life right now? I mean, sometimes it's relevant to go over, you know, what happened in your life when you're five years old. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of times I'm finding that it's really helpful to think about okay yeah something happened to you when you were 5 and it's impacting your life today but what can we do right now mm-hmm. to help you manage that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: almost skip a little bit of that. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I'm kind of as you were saying that I had two images in my mind, you know, you have like Freud psychoanalytic where like you were saying the client is is kind of the subject. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where Freud sits off to the side. The client's like laying on the couch and right. he's jotting down notes, analyzing that person laying on the couch. So I have that image. Right. Versus brief solu- or brief therapy or solution focused, where mm. it's both of you sitting at the table and the problem is sitting on the table. Mm. And you're both examining the problem together. Right.
0: right. The problem's on the couch.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the problem's on the couch. I like that. Mm. And you're the one analyzing the problem and the counselor is helping you to do that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and again, that's what we were talking about, is the
0: client's in control. Exactly, exactly. Because there are different solutions for everyone, and so mm-hmm. while it's really important to have, you know, I, I'm sure you experience this too, but all the time we as therapists get questions about, well, what should I do in this situation? <laughs> you know, what should I do about, oh, my child's doing this, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And there's not necessarily this, There are a lot of evidence-based answers for that of, Mm -hmm. you know, spending, everybody knows spending time with your kids is better than not spending time with your kids for their development and their social and Mm -hmm. well-being, their self-esteem, right? And so that's kind of an established fact that we know. But at the same time, how do you spend time with your children? And so Mm -hmm. there's never that cut and dry answer, and that's what's so great about humanistic and solution focused is what is that answer going to be for you in Mm -hmm. the context of your life right now whatever it is you're experiencing you know some people might really love exercise and go on a jog and Mm -hmm. for other people that might not be the solution for them exactly and so that's what I love about that just the ability to be flexible within that
1: yeah yeah I completely agree and it makes it where I as the counselor don't have to feel like I have to have all the answers. I'm not some sage sitting on the hill that everybody has to come to. Right. But rather the the answer resides in the client themselves. Right. And it's just a matter of I'm there to kind of help them uncover that or to sort through things, mm-hmm. to label emotions, to label experiences, to put things in piles and decide what are they gonna keep, what are they gonna reject, what are they gonna analyze and you know, decide I'm gonna reframe the way I think about this. Right. So again, like it's not that you're coming to somebody who has all of the answers because we are human too. Right. Um, it's that the answer resides in you, like you said at the beginning, because the client is the expert on their own life. Mm-hmm. I will never know their life in the great depth of detail that they know their own. Right. And respecting that and honoring that. Right. Yeah. And it's true. <laughs> um, so, which I feel like kind of leads us into the next point that we were going to talk about, which is why counselors even use theory to begin with. Um But it's funny because I feel like just even demystifying what theory is kind of tells you a lot of the answer to begin with. Right. You know, And but kind of what I just said, you know, that counselors are human beings too. I think that's why we have to use theory Mm -hmm. because we come with our own stuff. Right. We come from our own worlds where certain things work and certain things don't and my life looks this way and I come with my own set of biases, you know. Mm -hmm. I have... A culture that I come from I have a family that I come from um, and all of that comes with me into the counseling room but the solutions that I've found in my life aren't necessarily going to work for the person sitting in front of me and I think that's what makes us distinctly different from you know I think we talked about this in one episode is that's what makes me just different from your hairdresser right who you sit there and you talk through problems right or it makes me different from your best friend that you get together with once a week is that um i'm using theory to set my biases aside and to approach whatever issue you're coming with from a systematic methodical researched and evidence-based method exactly Um, and it's really hard to put your biases aside yes and like when you have somebody like our professors who kind of walk you through that process you see, like, yeah, I do. I have a lot of biases and I have to let go of control and I have to let go of opinions and advice giving. And mm-hmm. that's something that they, they had to train us. Right. You know, um, one of the things that Rollins did that I thought was phenomenal was they had us videotape sessions and then mm-hmm. we'd have to review those sessions. Right. And review and, and really examine what it was that we were doing. And they'd have our, our other. Um, Students in the cohort examine right. the videos as well right. and give us feedback. And our professor would examine it and give us feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's you know, you're under a microscope. And exactly. that's not an easy process. And not everybody needs to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we as counselors do because we need to know what our biases are. And um, we're good counselors are trained that way.
0: And I think a good motivation for that and a good reason for that is to the benefit of our clients, Mm -hmm. right? We don't wanna, as much as possible, we don't, we want to avoid being in a position where we could harm somebody inadvertently Mm -hmm. by putting our own biases in the way or viewing, you know, my client's family structure from my personal culture mm-hmm. you know I could accidentally make a recommendation that could actually be very harmful to them Yeah, they're from a different culture and I you know say some recommendation of well stand up for yourself independence right very US minded culture and that person might go back into a very dangerous situation mm-hmm. if I'm not mindful of reflecting on if, if I'm not sticking to my theory and just wanting to put my own personal opinion there and not being mindful of, is this something that I'm saying because I believe in it? Yeah. Or is it something that is really helpful to the client based on their life situation? Exactly. So it's really protective and beneficial to have a theory as well as Mm -hmm. a counselor. It's in the best interest of the client.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into that next topic, which is why should you even care right. if your counselor has a theory <laughs> or what that theory is? And I feel like we kind of talked about
0: that. Yeah, you know? we've been geeking out a little bit, reminiscing <laughs> on our <laughs> our schooling and mm-hmm. all, everything that we've studied, but it's for a reason. Yeah, because it protects you. That's why you should
1: care. Mm-hmm. Is because and it, you know it's funny like we as counselors we were required to go and see counselors ourselves. Right. You know, yes. so we had. Yeah. At least at Rollins, they require 10 mandatory sessions because, Mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't go to a mechanic that can't work on their own car. Right. So you need... Why would you go to a therapist that can't do their own personal work, too? Right, exactly. Um, And, yeah, like, I don't want somebody who's going to sit there and tell me about all the great things that they did in their life that worked for them, and you should just go ahead and do that. Right. That's just
0: insulting. Right, (laughs) exactly. And to, yeah, just assume that to not have that experience of knowing what it's like to be on the couch mm-hmm. and have somebody kind of poke into your life and make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's already a difficult enough experience, but somebody who knows what that's like yeah, absolutely can respect how difficult it might be when you're in that situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is we as counselors, you know, we're trained to... When I'm asking a question, am I asking this because it's in the best benefit of the client or am I asking because I'm curious, Mm. you know, because I think that's a huge difference. Like, do I actually need to know this information for the benefit of the client or am I asking because out of some kind of curiosity? And it's important to have somebody whose goal is to take care of you and not to just delve into your life because they want to hear about it, Um, which is often why people ask those kinds of questions. And again, like if your counselor has a good theory that they're working from, then you can trust them. Right. And I think maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's one of the big things that's the benefit of a a counselor with a good theory is you can trust them.
0: Right, so how do you know, how do you know, okay, we're giving this tool about theories and why it's important, but how do you find out if your therapist has a theory, what their theory is, Mm -hmm. how can you apply that information?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it sounds so simple, but it's true. Um, is if you call your a counselor to you know set up a session because you feel like that's something you need, you can ask them. Exactly. You can interview a therapist. It's mm-hmm. the, I loved the term you used at the beginning was that you're a consumer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, any client is a consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, is that um, it's not like there's this kind of thing in the, in the medical world where like, you just kind of accept what the doctor's throwing at you and we're trying to change that. Like, No, you as, as the patient are a medical consumer and you should be asking questions about the things that the doctor's telling you you should do. <laughs> that's no different than in counseling either right. is that you, you have a right. And that's actually one of the things we talked about in our program too was you as the client have a right to know what theory your counselor is working from.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and so just
0: ask. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, and mm-hmm. if they're not able to answer that question, mm-hmm. you might want to consider it going <laughs> somewhere else, finding some,
1: or if the answer that they give you doesn't seem right to make you, if you don't feel comfortable with right. what they're saying, right, and you don't, it doesn't have to be an insulting thing. You know, you can just say, "I don't know how comfortable I am with that." Right. And we as therapists, like good therapists, again. Right. Won't take that personally. Right. Exactly. That's fine. Like, I've had people tell me, I want somebody who's super directive and is just going to tell me what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, then we're probably not going to be a good fit. I'm just going to let you know that right up front before we get into a relationship and you've started to tell me a lot of stuff about your life. And all of a sudden, we're finding, oh, this is not working.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's the number one indicator of having a successful counseling experience anyway is yeah. mm-hmm. fit. And so asking about someone's personal theory and what framework they work from is super important because that's going to help you know and give you more of an indication if this is somebody who you think would be a good fit for you and that you would feel comfortable with.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't mean you need to know the ins and outs and, like, the great depth of detail of the theory itself. Right. Um and the counselor should be able to, to tell you in layman's terms kind of what they're doing, and like exactly how we have today. Right, exactly. You know, you didn't go into, like, the deep research articles that we ended up having to read about it, you know, mm-hmm. um, or the primary source literature for it. Right. Um, but your therapist should be able to give you a pretty good overview of it, um, so that way you feel comfortable walking in.
0: Right. Like, for example, usually when I get asked that question, I usually say something along the lines of that I'm family systems focused. So I start with that, and I say that no man is an island, Mm -hmm. and everyone is the expert in their own life. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm thinking, even though I might be meeting with you individually, I'm thinking about who are all the other people in your life that Mm -hmm. you're potentially bringing in the room, and how can we use that to our advantage, yeah. come up with a solution that's going to work best for you. Mm-hmm. So something, I'm kind of ad-libbing a little bit right yeah. now, but <laughs> usually when I get asked that question, I say something along those lines. And yeah. Yeah, so that's what you mean by layman's terms. Exactly. I'm, I'm not breaking down this research of, well, mm-hmm. Carl Rogers was born in, you know, 19-whatever, <laughs> like 1900. And <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, it's funny
1: that, you, you know, you talk about, when people ask you one of the questions that i get a lot is well i want a christian counselor or i want a catholic counselor yes um because people get nervous going to any counselor who's not which means that there's this kind of i get the sense that there's this nervousness that being a counselor with a theory and being a practicing christian a practicing catholic don't don't line up right Or are mutually exclusive. Right. Which, again, this is all about demystifying things. So um, how would you say that they're not mutually exclusive?
0: Well, they don't have to be because I think, you know, some of the theories we've talked about today about having that unconditional positive regard and respect for someone, viewing someone as inherently good, Mm -hmm. those are perfectly in line with Christian beliefs. Absolutely. That we are created in the image and likeness of God, and because of that, we have an inherent value and goodness. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of counselors are going to maybe naturally be drawn to theories that, are in line with some of their own personal beliefs anyway exactly <laughs> and so I think also just being aware of that is so that's definitely one example I guess that's not mutually exclusive a lot there's a lot of overlap in a lot of cases mm-hmm.
1: exactly yeah like I'm thinking um, even in uh, solution focused mm-hmm. you know it's it's strong emphasis is on the solution lies with the with the client mm-hmm. and what is that that's free will right and we all have free will yeah. You know? Um, and more and more, the psycholo- the psychological community is acknowledging that, yeah, we have to take into account spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's something that needs to be a part of what we talk about with our clients because it's a part of our world. It's a part of who we are. Um, so more and more, the, the scientific community itself is even saying, yeah, no, this is something we need to examine. This Absolutely. is something we need to look at and is essential to the lives of the clients.
0: And, you know, even if there were a counselor that was not a practicing mm-hmm. Christian or Catholic to be able to use their theory to view you as a consumer in an unbiased way, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. There definitely can be people who are very ethical in mm-hmm. how they apply their theories and still be very respectful in honoring your religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things we've talked
1: about a lot is this idea of, like, the client is in the driver's seat. So if you ever feel like your counselor is pushing you around Mm -hmm. and is telling you you shouldn't believe A, B, or C, or how can you believe something like that, Mm -hmm. that's a red flag. That's a huge red flag. (laughs) Um, And usually what that means is that they're not working from a theory, is that Mm. they are allowing that personal bias of their own. Enter into the counseling relationship, and again, that's what we were talking about: is theory protects against personal biases. Right. Um, So, if anything, it's a sign that the counselor isn't using the theory.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, in a way, you know, viewing counseling from Catholicism can also be a theory in and of itself. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It could be another theory, um, but it also can be integrated with other theories and not Mm -hmm. be contradictory or not, you know. Necessarily be something that's not healthy, exactly. or not helpful. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, we've given you a, your a useful tool in our yeah. first therapist toolbox. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, it
1: wasn't too academic,
0: it wasn't yeah. too wordy. But, but I just, love theory; I think yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really fun. And go out there, Google some of the. Yeah. theories that we mentioned or the next time you're searching for a counselor don't be afraid ask them what the yeah. theory is and see what they say and yeah. it could be a lot of fun yeah exactly learn something new <laughs> yes all right well thanks everyone and we
1: will talk to you next time bye